You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. All right, if you would, take your Bibles, please. 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17, very familiar verses here, I'm sure. 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you look down to verse 38, we'll begin to read there. Very familiar story. It's David and Goliath. And uh, 1 Samuel 17 and verse 38. If you have that, let's stand in honor of reading the Word of God. If you're able, if you're not, that's fine. First Samuel chapter 17. If you have that, say amen, wave at me, do something, let me know you got it. Amen. All right, if you have a Bible, 38, it'll say this, and David with his armor put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And uh, David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go. David said unto I have not proved them, and David put them off him. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, and he put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script. And his sling was in his hand, and he uh, drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I'll give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistines, thou, to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I'll smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I'll give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, to all the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. I want to preach on this this evening. We need some more giant killers. Giant killers. Let's pray. As we come and bow before you this evening. Lord God, please, I must have your help. God, I'm nothing this evening. Lord, I, I don't know why you'd choose to use me. I know this, I'm thankful, God, to be used by the great God of heaven, the creator of all things. God, I just ask you, please, direct the thoughts of my mind this evening. God, please help me to be uh, efficient with the time. Uh, God, to uh, Lord, to, to uh, get, get, 
preach those things that you've laid upon my heart. Fill me with the Spirit. Fill the people of God with the Spirit of Lord, please use the message. Amen. You can be seated. Quickly, just want to go through the uh, story here that we have before us, how that David is a, a young, just a, a young boy. The Bible says that he was ruddy and uh, of a fair countenance, if you would. He, he's just a little red-headed stepchild. Amen. That's, that's about how they treated him. He was uh, one of those little fellas that, uh, you know, when you looked at him, you thought of uh, maybe one of those little uh, 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 weaklings. Amen, brother. Uh, uh, amen. Uh, uh, <laughs> and David, as it was, was the uh, uh, shepherd there, the family. Uh, he had uh, not been able to go to war. His older brothers, uh, if you look, let me see here in verse uh, 13 in chapter 17, tells us of his three older brothers that were there fighting uh, Eliab, uh, Abinadab and Shema, they're all down there at the battle and uh, uh, dad's concerned just as any dad would be uh, how his boys are doing and what's going on. They've been down there uh, facing the Philistines now for 40 days. Uh, you know the story. Uh, Goliath comes out and, uh, and, and the Bible talks about how they had set the battle in array. Uh, they'd come down there, boy, everybody hollering and hooting and carrying on at each other and growling and whatever you do, you know. And, uh, but, but then here'd come Goliath out and he'd, he'd march out there in the middle of the valley and kind of roar a little bit and then he'd throw out his challenge. If any of you just come out here, just one of you just come out here and fight me. If you beat me, then Philistines will be your servants. If I, I beat you, then you'll be our servants and... And the Bible, in, in all honesty, look at verse 24. It said, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Man, they'd all go hide. I mean, there they are, uh, the valley in between the Philistines and the Israelites. Uh, those Israelites, as Goliath had come out, they'd run and hide back there in the rocks, scared and not sure what to do. One day, as it was, Jesse told David, he said, I want you to go down to the battle. I want you to check on your brothers. I want you, I got a little sandwich material to send with you, and you take that down there. Be sure and give the cheese to the captain because uh, I want to make sure he takes care of my boys, amen. And so he, he wanted to make sure the, that the captain was paid off, amen. And so uh, he, he uh, sends those uh, supplies with David, and David goes down there to the battle, and I can just see it in my mind's eye as David pulls up. It says there in verse 22, he left the carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren, his brothers. And I, I can see it as David pulls up that day. He's, he's probably his heart's a little pounding and he's uh, excited to see what's going on and how the battle's going and maybe he's never seen the battle like this and so man he's excited to get down there and I can just see Eliab and uh, Abinadab Shema as they look and there's their little brother pulling up in a chariot and they they, they kind of uh, 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 poked the guy next to him and he says hey that's my kid brother coming right there 
and, and uh, here comes David, uh, a little 90-pound uh, weakling of a red-headed stepchild boy, and, uh, and they're all kind of giggling and laughing. Oh, that's all right. Uh, brother, he's a little sissy boy right there. Oh, my land. Ain't hey, you believe it? What he looked like? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just a little, yeah, he's just a little guy. And they, he runs out there. And, and, and uh, I mean, he's talking. Well, I'm seeing, you know how it is, big brother. He goes over and he grabs David around the head and he rubs it real good, you know. And David, gee, he's a quit daddy alive, you know. Make me look bad here in front of all the soldiers. And, and he begins to talk to him and, you know, how's the battle going? How's things? Well, you, you fellas all right? Daddy wanted to know. He sent me down here to check on you, and Dad wants to know how you're doing. And about that time, <laughs> David looks around. What was that? <laughs> and here comes Goliath. You can just see old David's eyes. <laughs> Goliath comes out there and begins to throw out the challenge. All the men of Israel, we find it, verse 24, they're afraid. And they run back there hiding in the rocks. David's wondering, what's, what's going on, fella? What y'all doing? You going to let this big mouth uh, scare y'all? Come on, Eliab. You know, I, I mean, my big brother, he whoop anybody. Come here, Eliab. <laughs> where, 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 what are y'all doing back there, fellas? <laughs> It's, it's God uncursed God and cursed us. What are y'all doing hiding back there? Come on, let's alive. Abinadab, get, get shame. What, what are y'all doing back there hiding? I mean, he, he, he's really, man, he's expecting a battle, amen. This old big mouth giant come out there. I mean, you know, and here's this little smart mouth brat. Because he's expecting a fight and Man, he, I mean, you can find there, if you read through 1 Samuel 17, or Eliab gets a little embarrassed because he's, here's his kid brother out there saying, come on, let's fight. And, and, and Eliab's back here hiding in the rocks with the rest of them. And he said, man, what, come here. He said, get, get back over here with us before you get hurt. I, I mean, he got mad. The Bible says his old pride just... I mean, you, you, David, you, what, what are you doing? You, you, I know why you came down here. You just came down here to, to see what was going on. Daddy didn't really send you. you you're just down here to see, see the battle. Dave, David tells him, uh, let's, let's look, look if you would. Uh, I, I can't get ahead of myself here, but uh, live, verse 28, and alive, his elder brother, Heard what he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. He said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and thine haughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. I'd ask about right then, if I was David, what battle? Oh, y'all hiding in the rocks, man. What, what, are you, what are you talking about, a battle? I mean, let's be honest, oh, oh, oh Eliab. His pride done been wounded, man. Because here's little brother out there saying, let's do something about this. And he, he asked, uh, he, he said, now what, what, what are y'all going to do? And, and they said, well, just get back over here and shut up. Yeah, that's what, that's what they wanted David to do, get back over here and be quiet. 
uh, and you just let us take care of this. And he's saying, what, what are y'all taking care of? And so in the course of things, uh, they, so some of the fellows around there hear David shooting off his mouth about how he'd go out there, he'd, he'd stand up against him. Man, they, they hear that and they say, hey, 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 uh, let's go tell Saul. Now, David really thought Saul, if, if uh, Eliab didn't come out there, Saul would. I mean, he stands head and shoulders above all the rest of the Israelites. And he's king. Where, where's the king? They take David down to Saul's tent. He's hiding out with the rest of them. Amen. And, and so he uh, uh, asked, he said, now, now son, what would you say? He said, I can take that fella on. He said, boy, you, you, you don't know. He said, that man right there, he, he's been a soldier since uh, he was a kid, and you're just a kid yourself. Boy, David looks, he said, I, that's all right. He said, I faced some things before. I can face them again. I can face them again. So King Saul, I mean, he looks around for all the rest of the volunteers. There ain't nobody there, amen. Ain't nobody in the line. So he doesn't have any choice. He says, all right, David. He said, let's, let's take and let's get you ready. And you can just see it. What a joke that must have been that day is he takes Saul's armor and he puts it on David. Everybody's going, we are in trouble. Amen. But David's ready to go. Now let me stop the story for just a little bit. Folks, we're in a time that we're living when we need some Christians that will stand up for God and fight the good fight of faith. We, we need some giant killers. No doubt we have giants defying God today. Man, on every hand, the leadership in our government, might as well be honest about it. And, and, and let's, let's, let's there's some out there still thinking that Donald Trump's the answer let me just remind you, he's not the answer. The government will never be the answer to solve our problem. It's a spiritual battle we're in. The problem in our nation is a spiritual problem. The government will never get us out of that. It's not one policy that any president can ever in, in, enact that will help us out of the problem that we're in. We have those in leadership in our courts that have failed us. Those in leadership in our public schools. Those in leadership in many business. Uh, e even some in leadership in so-called churches. We need Christian soldiers who will stand against those that are defying our God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of the prophets and of the apostles. Those soldiers that are prepared and equipped by God to fight for righteousness and holiness and truth, uh, to live without compromise, surrender to God's will and not to our own will, to say to Satan in this ungodly world, I cannot be bought for some bowl of pottage, but I'll fight for my God. I'll fight for my master. I'll fight for my king. So what is a giant killer? Let me just give us a few things. Number one, giant killers are not average soldiers. 
They are not average soldiers. Listen to what David said in verse 29, starting there. David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. The people answered him again after the former manner. And then when the words were heard what David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Can I say, that was not the average soldier's answer on that day. The average guy was back there hiding in the rocks, scared to death. Can I say that's where the average Christian is today? Can I be honest with you, this contemporary Christianity today is producing at best just average soldiers. The truth is that it's not this contemporary garbage. It's not producing any revival. It's not producing souls. It's not producing anything that will stand against the wiles of the devil. Man, Goliath called him out. We need soldiers that are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We don't need average people. Can I say, look what average Christianity has helped us to come to. The average Christian now lives in compromise. They got one foot in heaven and the other in the world. And they've got in their heart and their mind, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to go where I want to go. I'm going to live like I want to live. My job is more important. Or my family is more important than the things of God. I know that's not popular preaching today. Most are below average. Most don't read their Bible daily. They don't pray daily. They, they can't make it to church just three times a week. Come on. It, 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 all God asks is just for a few hours a week. And we can't even give him that. We struggle with that. And we want to claim that, man, I... I'm a good soldier. No, you're not. God bless you. Breathe easy. We'll get done here in a little bit. You cannot compromise and be a giant killer. You can't do it. Yet that's where most of us want to live. Preacher, don't put too much pressure on me because if you put too much pressure on me, I, I'll just go find me somewhere else. We don't want to face the problems anymore. You know, I have to be honest, preacher. I don't understand this crowd that God's given them a pastor and they don't seek the pastor's help in directing their life. I don't get that crowd. By the way, I don't want to get that crowd. Amen. Man, y'all saw who my pastor is. He's been here and preached. Wouldn't I be kind of foolish not to seek out Brother, uh, Brother Angel's counsel? And, and by the way, I, I'm an old man. Well, 
I'm not an old man. I, I'm older, amen. That's how Brother Angel said. He, he's not but a year older than me. Yet, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to not seek his counsel. He's my pastor. There, you realize that there is things that, that sometimes, and I, I've pastored before, sometimes there's things a pastor knows that, that God didn't reveal to me. I'm just being honest with you. I, I need his help. But, man, we need soldiers that will rise above mediocrity. Soldiers that will uh, fight uh, the, the good fight of faith. We cannot afford to be average soldiers. We need giant killers. Folks, the Bible calls this time perilous time. I don't know about you. I'm telling you, I believe that trumpet's going to sound any time. And I'm ready for it. I'll be honest with you, Brother Russell. I'm ready to go, amen. Get out of this mess. Now, I know that shouldn't be my attitude, amen. But I, I'm going to fight until, I, uh, until that trumpet sounds, man. I'll be happy to get caught up out of here, amen. Now, it'll take a Lord, the, the Lord a little extra to get me off the ground, amen. <laughs> but, uh, Amen. I, I mean, it, it'll be kind of like, yes, here, here's uh, Pastor Jay, you know, and, and God says, uh, uh. <laughs> Amen. But I'll get a body like that when I get there. Amen. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'll be that small. Amen. I, I, I'm... I was telling my wife earlier, I was watching preacher as he was walking. I said, good night. I could take his suit coat and his pants and make one pair of pants for me. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> By the way, a little, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, that'd be bad, me trying to get in skinny jeans, but. Well, we cleared a house, man. As a, <laughs> save the children, amen. Uh, by the way, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Just a little sin. Just a little sin to keep you from being a giant killer. Just a little bit. We cannot be average in this day. You realize there are folks out there that they need to see something real, something bigger than themselves, something bigger than this lying world. And you're it. You're it. You say, well, I, I'm not much. Hey, I, we're, we all can say that. Man, preacher preached an excellent message on that this morning. Let's be honest, we're nothing. But man, in Christ, in Christ, giant killers, not average soldiers. Can I say secondly, giant killers live with a purpose. Verse 29, he said it clearly, is there not a cause? Let me just ask you quickly, what are you living for? What are you living for? Is it this? Uh, is it to make money? 
or is it to make a difference? Huh? Then he say of some have compassion, making a difference. Is it together things, or is it together fruit unto life eternal? What's your call? Are you living for self or for God? What's your cause? What's your purpose? Is it just to build up that 401k so, man, I can finally retire and I, I get me an RV like yours, Brother Scott, and I'll travel all over the nation. I, I'm serious. Some folks think we're on permanent vacation. I tell them, come on. Come on. And we, we drove down here from Fort Worth. I'll leave early in the morning going back to Fort Worth to pick up my trailer to head for Fayetteville, Arkansas, drop my trailer off there, uh, and, and we'll be out of it for the next couple of weeks, headed for Iowa to preach a missions conference up there. We'll get to go to Bourbon A, our home church, for just a, a weekend, then turn around and go back to uh, Fayetteville to help uh, uh, a church plant that's there that's struggling. And then we'll be there for about a month. And then we'll pick up uh, roots from there, go over to Springfield. Brother Marty, by the way, said tell you hello. Uh, we'll, we'll be going over to Brother Marty's, uh, getting them started in the Bible handouts. Then we'll head out to, uh, uh, help me, Miss Debbie, yeah, I don't know where we're going, do it whole Revival Fires Conference. And then we'll head out to uh, Pennsylvania for a month, help small churches out there. We'll get back, and then we'll go to uh, uh, Carmine, Illinois, and help uh, Brother Stephen Dice start a new church. It's not much of a vacation, but can I say it sure is fun. I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. It, 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 it is, I have to be honest, when we sold our home, about a 1,600-square-foot home, we moved into 320 square feet. Can I tell you? Your, your marriage better be able to handle that. <laughs> that. What was that first song we sang? Never mind. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you, better, you better love one another. You're going to live in 320 square feet, amen. Because you can't get away from one another, amen. Let's move on from that. How'd y'all get me into that? <laughs> see, see, you stay out of my preaching. Who said that? Uh, listen, listen, let's be honest. Our, our purpose is God and soul. It's to know him and to make him known. Amen? And that ought to be every Christian's purpose. Listen, you know why God gave you that job? So that he supports you in the ministry? Do you realize today if you're a Christian, you're in the ministry? See, it, it, the, the truth is, understand this. God doesn't call everybody to full-time pastorate or to be a missionary. or, uh, But he did call you. And, and he called you into the ministry. And he made some plumbers and electricians and lawyers. and I don't know that God did that. But, uh, uh, I, I mean, he, he uses all kind of people. But understand, he's just using that so that you can be in the ministry. Why, why, why do you think God gave you that vehicle? 
He, he gave you that to go pick folks up and bring them to church with. Amen? Uh, we, now, please, Pastor, don't get mad at me. Y'all don't throw anything. But we wouldn't need buses if you'd go pick people up. Y'all smile now. <laughs> Amen. But you won't do it. You think that's my car. I ain't messing my car up with a bunch of little snotty-nosed brats. You what? You better be careful there. God liable to jerk that car out from under you and give you a VW. Amen. Give you a little old 62 Volkswagen that you can't even fit in. Amen. Preacher's got that little old car. He expected me to get in and out of that thing. I begged him, please, let's take the truck. No, get in the car. Look, now he's acting so innocent. He saw me over there trying to, oh, it's embarrassing, try to get out of that thing. I'm not built for, for small cars. He didn't care. What's your purpose? What, what's your purpose? What are you living for? Hey, you're a Christian. You're the light of the world. Remember that? He said, I'm the light of the world as long as he is here. But then he said, you're the light of the world. We're it. And those folks out there, let's be honest, they're blinded. Just like you and I were. Blinded. They don't understand the gospel. They don't get it. It's confusing. Satan is doing everything he can to keep them from getting saved. And, and listen, lest you think God's not in the soul winning business, just go on a Bible handout. <laughs> That'll change your mind. Man, I enjoyed yesterday, brother. I, I mean, I just had fun. I, I mean, people roll up with their, uh, we caught several, uh, they, they're rolling up their husband and wife and they got a little baby. I'd say, hey, hey, where are you raising that baby? They'd look at me real quite crazy. I'd say, now, are you raising that baby to go to heaven or go to hell? They'd look. I'd say, now, aren't you? Oh. I, I said, I caught you. Why don't we just be honest with folks? I'm not trying to be embarrassing. It, I, I'm not, I wasn't embarrassed at all. Is there that they wasn't married? Amen. Nervous on we got chapter and verse. I'm not going to call Satan's uh, slick. Amen. I know this. Got to win a couple of them to the Lord. Because I told the girl, I'd say, look now, don't you, don't you let him get off not marrying you. Amen. I'm going to be careful in what I say, but Ladies, don't you ever give away what God's given you. Some sorry, no good. He's not heads down here, got one thing in their head. Amen. I, girls, if they even try to hold your hand, I got, I, I got, a, I got something for you. Amen. Now, I'm not always, I, I'm going to be careful, but get you some of them stilettos. Amen. You know what those are? That's them high heels like about like this. 
that you stand up. And, and, and when he goes for your hand, you slip that thing off. And you lay it right here on his temple. Amen. That'll straighten his thinking out. All of a sudden, he'll be thinking right. Ah! Amen. Hey, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great that every one of these young ladies right here, I mean, listen, beautiful young ladies, wouldn't it be great that one day they walk down that aisle in a white dress and it means something? Hey, fellas, same thing for you. I believe you ought to wear a white tux, amen? And it means something. Amen. That's how I'd want my boy or girl to come down the aisle. God never gave Miss Debbie and I any kids, but I, listen, listen, don't you, don't you, fellas, don't you let the devil cheat you out of what God's given you. Don't you let him. He's trying. He wants to ruin you, girls. He wants to ruin you. You live for a purpose. You live for God. Don't you, don't you let him steal anything from you. You stand strong the Lord. Fight that old mind that the devil tries to plant there. Amen. And listen, every one of you ought to be encouraging these kids and helping them. They've got a hard fight today. Might as well be honest. They, they're facing some things that my crowd never faced. They need help. They need folks to love them and encourage them. They, they need some older folks with a cause. Let me go on quickly. Third thing, giant killers know the power and presence of God. Giant killers know the power and presence of God. Look, if you would, down to verse 37. It's what David said, moreover, the Lord hath delivered me. Who? The Lord that delivered me. Out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he'll deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Hey, uh, David is a giant killer, knew the power and presence of God in his life. He, he'd faced some battles before. Can you imagine? Fellas, can you imagine saying, Man, I fought a lion and a bear and I whooped him? Huh? Brother, don't sit there and say, Uh huh. You'd be running, man. You, that bear would kick you. Well, no, we better get on. I'll, I'll mess up my love offering, amen. Uh, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I'm sorry, preacher. You'd have whooped every one of them. <laughs> amen. They'd have looked from you and, <laughs> amen. When you know God and his presence and his power, can I say you can face anything and you can do anything. David knew the presence and power of God. Man, it's amazing. Uh, he knew where his strength uh, lied. Look, look down verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. And I'll smite thee and 
Take thine head from thee, and I'll give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. Can I say David knew where his strength lies? Hey, giant killer. Hey, giant killer. Can I say this? You'll not know the power or presence of God unless you're walking with him. You know, sad thing is this. A lot of Christians struggle with reading their Bible and praying daily. Even on Sunday. They think, well, I'm going down to the house of God. I'm going to hear the preaching of the Word of God. So really, today, I, I kind of take off. I, I don't need to read my Bible. I don't need to pray. Wait a minute. Can I tell you, you wasn't even prepared when you got down here. See, we, we need to come down here prepared to hear the... Man, we, we need to be... Uh, listen, we need to have uh, not only prepared ourselves, but then prepared Him. You, you know whose fault it is when we have a service and the Holy Spirit of God don't show up and speak to hearts? Oh, a lot of the times we won't blame the pastor. Boy, that's a foul ball today. You sorry rascal, you. You didn't even pray for him. And you won't blame it on him. What's wrong with you? It wasn't his fault. Been down to house. Preparing, praying. Now, let's be honest. He's not perfect. Far from it. Y'all say out there real quick. But, <laughs> but let's be honest. And he spent time preparing. And it's our job to be lifting him up. God, give him the message that I need. God, give him your power. God, please. Anoint me with hearing ears. Lord, so that I hear what you, what you have for me. Let's be honest. Folks, it's a battle to hear from God when you're living in the world. Amen. We'd be fools to think that somehow, I mean, you know, we can just kind of ignore God all week. And then come down here on Wednesday night or Sunday morning, Sunday night. And all of a sudden, just God, just open up my ears and I. It doesn't work like that. See, we need to know where our strength lies. And let's be honest. The, the few people in here that's not got problems right now, uh, just wait a little bit and, amen, they'll show up. They're coming. I mean, you know, let's be honest. We get through some problems, but it isn't in just a few days we cause some more. Amen. And if we're going to get through those, man, we have got to have God's help. That's where our strength lies. It's not in us. Without me, ye can do. You know he meant that? And we live like, oh, yeah, I got this. Right? That, that's why things end up such a mess. Amen? I got this. 
I've thought that before. End up in the middle of a mess. And I got to say, God, I'm so stupid. Amen. Might as well say amen right there. God, I got to have your help. I made another mess. Please, Lord, forgive me. Aren't y'all glad that God's in the forgiving business? Man, I love that. I love that. He's so merciful and so. <laughs> I'm so glad he. I'm on his side and he's on mine. Yeah. But listen, we 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 we've got to know where our strength lies. Uh, we've got to walk with him daily so that we have his power and his presence. And when you trust God, you can know him in his power and his presence. But you've got to trust him. Let's be honest, man. He said this, trust in the Lord with that little word all right there. That's a difficult part, isn't it? Because, man, we get in the middle of the battle. We get in the middle of the problem. And we want to try to fight our way clear. Mm -mm. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Amen. Isn't that a good promise, brother? And I love that. I need a God that directs my paths. Right, let, me, let me get on now. By the way, can I say this quickly? I, I believe God's the one that killed Goliath. Amen. You already knew that. Amen. I, I mean, I know David took that slingshot, and, and he, uh, he put that rock in that thing. He drew her back. Y'all stay out of my preaching. It's my slingshot. Amen. That's, he, he whirled that thing around a couple of times. Look at, look at verse, uh, what is it, verse 50, I believe. No, verse 49. And, and he said, and David put his hand in his bag, took thence a stone and slang it. Hey, God's a southerner, amen? <laughs> Ain't no way a Yankee would use that word right there, slang, amen? He, he said, and slang it, and I, I just like reading that, and slang it, amen? <laughs> Smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone stuck in his forehead. Now, I'm out. Now, throw a rock at somebody and hit them. And, and, and I'm in front of them, what's fixing to happen? They're going to fall down, amen? Wouldn't that make, who said that? Who had the courage? Amen. They'd fall backwards, wouldn't they? Doesn't that just make sense to you? It makes sense to me. I'm glad somebody's on the same page with me, amen? But look what happened to Goliath. It, it says there in the end of the verse, and he fell upon his face to the earth. You want to know why? I believe with all my heart. David threw that rock. God grabbed Goliath's head, amen, right in the back, and he directed that, that head right, bam, he hit, and my, down he went, amen. <laughs> David knew what was going on. He said, God's got this. Now let's close. Last thing, number four. Giant killers inspire and encourage others. Giant killers inspire and encourage others. Look, look at verse 46. We'll start there. Uh, verse 46. This is what it says. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I'll smite thee, take thine head from thee, and I'll give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, 
the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth, not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he'll give you into our hands. Look at verse uh, 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and smote the Philistine, slew him. But there is no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran, stood upon the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of the sheath thereof, slew him, cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, what does it say? They fled. Verse 52, And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until they come to the valley and the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way of uh, that hard word there, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. Now, let me, let me pick the story back up. Here we are. David goes out there. Man, he's got his sling. He's ready to face Goliath. Here comes Goliath. He's mad. Well, you think I'm a dog? Seeing this little runt uh, kid out here. What's wrong with you? Coward, coward, buttermilk, coward. Amen. I mean, he's, he's got all the Israelites. They're still over there hiding in the rocks. And David makes, man, what a proclamation. Come on. Go back to verse 46 and listen to the proclamation David said. He says, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. What? And he says, and I'll smite thee and take thine head from thee. Time out. Time out. What's he going to take his head with? His slingshot? Hold on, fellas. He ain't even got a sword. He knew what was fixing to happen. He said, big boy, you fixing to go down. Hey, man. Man, he gets that slingshot. He makes a few rounds with that thing. He looks at old big boy over there. Whoo! God grabs that guy's head, runs that rock right into it. Bam! Down Goliath goes. I can see David, man. He runs over there. I, I mean, just a little fella. He jumps on top of old Goliath. He grabs that sword. I believe with all my heart, them Philistines are over there going, my land, what's happening? <laughs> I believe as David's doing this thing, they say, Goliath, hey, fellas, y'all watch him. He, he's playing with him. He's just playing with him. Y'all watch him. Just a minute, Goliath's going to grab him. David gets out there, man, he's, a, he's a, got that sling going. And I, I mean, them Philistines are going, all right, Goliath, it's time. Get him. And Goliath's just standing there, round and round that sling go. And them Philistines thinking, okay, it's time, man, go ahead. Get him. Yeah! You know. But he, he just, Goliath's standing. Finally, that stone hits him in the head. He falls down on the ground, and they're thinking, ah, he's playing with him. You, you watch that little boy's fixing to jump on top of him, and Goliath's going to grab him. <laughs> Man, David jumps up there. He grabs that sword and begins to pull it out of that sheath. And they're saying, Goliath, Goliath, hey, you, you're go, letting it go a little bit too far. You better hurry up and grab that boy. Man, he jumps up there. He grabs that sword out of that sheath. He throws that thing up in there. Whop! They said, oh, my. <laughs> Fellas, we're in trouble. David grabs that head about right then. He says, Aah! 
Huh? Look what happened to them Philistines by the time he did that. Huh? Go back, go back over there. Let's see, it was verse uh, 51. Therefore David ran, stood upon Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of the sheath, thereof slew him, cut off his head therewith. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they head for the hills, buddy. I mean, they took off for running. David grabs that head, rah, and he turns around and he said, Get you one, fellas! Rah, and here they go. Get, man, gonna get me a Philistine, amen. He can get him one. I can get me one too. Hot dog is on. Man, they take off running with them Philistines. I mean, the Bible says them guys running everywhere. They hit him for home, back to Gath. Help me get home. A lot of them didn't make it. Said all them wounded, they fell out of way. Man, what a man. What a man David was. Take your Bibles, let's close. Judges chapter, hold on, hold on. Listen, let me, let me I, I said this, giant killers inspire and encourage others. See back there in 46 and 47, what David said was not for Goliath's sake. It's for his people's sake. He said, fellas, this day of the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. I'll smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I'll give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day under the fowls of the air, the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know there's a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he'll give you into my hands. Can I say he said that for them guys hiding in the rocks? He was trying to inspire and encourage those guys. Now, Judges chapter 8. I want to get to another story real quick and we'll be done. We're just about there. Y'all give me just another few minutes. I know we're over time, but we're about done. Giant killers don't watch their watch. I just threw that one in. Amen. I never used that one before, but anyway, there it is. Verse 18, Judges 8, 18. Y'all remember who Gideon is? How many of y'all remember Gideon? Throw your hand up. Let's see. Sure. All right, who knows who Jether is? Jether. We got one little girl back there says she knows. Anybody else know who Jether is? And read about him, so let's look. You ready? Then said he unto Zeba and Zalmunna, he is Gideon. He's been chasing these old boys, trying to catch them. He's ready to kill them. By the way, as he is uh, chasing the Midianites, uh, these rascals, uh, 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 wouldn't, there's other fellows wouldn't help out but he finally called old Zeba and Zalmunna and he says there in verse uh, 18 what manner of men were they, they whom you slew at Tabor they answered as thou art so were they each, each one resembled the children of a king and he said they're my brothers they're my brethren hmm. you don't kill my brother even as the son, even the sons of my mother, as the Lord liveth, if you had saved them alive, I'd not slay you. And he said unto Jether, his firstborn, Up and slay them. But the youth drew not his sword, for he feared, because he was yet a youth. Here's Gideon. 
These fellas he's been chasing now, he's caught them. He said, you killed my brothers. If you'd have spared their life, I'd have spared yours. But you didn't. Son, kill them. And Jether just sat there. Had a sword, but he wouldn't use it. Scared to death. Dad jumps up, grabs it, and kills Zeba and Zalmunna. Here's David. He didn't have a sword. He's facing a fellow with a sword. Facing a guy two or three times his size. He ain't got nothing but a little slingshot. He said, I'll take him. God be my helper. And here's Jether. Dad standing there. No reason for him not to jump up and take him old boys' lives. He had a sword. Dad said, kill them. They're the enemy. And Jether is a coward. Didn't have the nerve to get up and do what a giant killer would do. As we close, let me ask you. You want to be a David? <laughs> or are you going to be a Jether? What are you going to do? We need some giant killers. What are you going to be? You going to be a David or are you going to be a Jether? We need some giant killers. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.